Acts 16 and 22. This is concerning Paul and Silas. It says, And the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. But when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. We'll finish the rest of that reading in just a moment, but right now we're just going to pray for the message and, and I'm going to teach for a little while this morning on this thought, where God needs me. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you so much this morning. We thank you for your goodness and mercy for this wonderful word. Let it find good ground in our hearts, God, that we can be encouraged and changed. And Lord, just be made better and be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give him a hand clap of praise for his word this morning. We are thankful where God needs me. You know, if you're here today, this is where God needs you. You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you this morning. Where God needs me. These two men were preaching. They had been in a city preaching the gospel, and a lady who had a spirit of divination was pestering them, and Paul got tired of it, relieved her of that spirit, and when her ma their masters, the master saw that they were going to lose money because of this, that was when they took Paul and Silas captive, had them beat, and threw them into the prison. So now when they find themselves in the innermost part of the prison, and it says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. The keeper of the prison, awakened out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword, would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas, brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed his stripes, was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all of his house. Sometimes we just need to be where God needs us so we can do what God needs for us to do. And it's not always going to be the place that we think or it's not always going to look the way we think it ought to look. Uh, he, he doesn't always need us behind the pulpit. Sometimes he needs us in the, the streets. Sometimes he needs us in the alley. Sometimes he needs us, you know, in places that we, how did I end up here? And sometimes we get there and it's not fun how we get there, but it's where God needs us. And sometimes we think, all I'm trying to do is what God called me to do. How did I wind up with stripes on my back, chains on my feet? You know, 
the innermost part of the prison. How did I end up here just simply trying to do what God has called me to do? And we wonder about these kind of things because uh, serving God, we don't always find ourselves just walking down smooth streets or, or things going our, seem like it's not going our way all the time. Sometimes it seems like when it rains, it pours, and we're just fighting everything. But, but the apostles would write to us and tell us, give us advice and instruction so that we didn't get disillusioned in the middle of our mess. 1 Peter 4 and 12, he wrote, Think it not strange. Concerning the fiery trial that is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. We should never think that it's just strange that we find ourselves in these kind of positions. That we find ourselves under attack because we know we have an adversary that goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We know that there are enemies of our soul. We know that uh, there are stumbling blocks that get in our way. There are uh, people that... Uh, that come against us, things that come against us, life still happens to born-again, Holy Ghost-filled people. But there are times that we find ourselves in places of trouble and we think maybe this trouble has now done away with my calling. But your trouble does not do away with your calling. You know, the disciples were thrown into prison for preaching, but it wasn't to stop their preaching. It was so they could continue to preach. They, they weren't done with the message just because they found themselves locked up with chains on their hands and on their feet. They were still there to do what God called them to do. They would still continue to do. You, you think sometimes, well, you know, you think, hey, if preaching got you in here, maybe you ought to hush your mouth. But, you know, many times they would tell and, and give answers, should we obey man or should we obey God? And they would keep doing what God had called them to do. And they found themselves in this prison now, uh, like I say, injured, with probably thinking tomorrow will probably be our last day alive. And we don't know how long we'll be here, but, but they were there because that's where God needed them. And if that's more important than anything else, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, uh, the writer said, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. See, we, we forget sometimes that God is working all things for our good. Whatever we might be facing is not, uh, it may be unknown territory to us, but it's not unknown to Him. Because the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. God knows exactly where He is sending you, and He knows exactly what can uh, come against you, uh, in that walk, he knows the enemies that are going to come after you. He, know, he sees all of that. But he knows that we're able to continue and do what God called us to do. There's nothing that can separate you and I from this calling of God except us walking away from it. Because when God calls us, he empowers us. and He gives us this anointing, and that anointing destroys the yoke. Anything that could pull me any other way is gone. But when I continue to obey God and follow God, I'm going to make it. And I'm going to fulfill the purpose that God has called me to fulfill. These kind of places are not fun, but the writer in James would say this. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in divers' temptations. Now, we, we talk about these scriptures, how strange they word these things, you know, 
if you suffer for the, the name of Christ, happy are ye, and things like that. And we're like, I don't know how happy uh, Paul and Silas were that night, but, but you've got to read all of this to get a, an understanding. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this. Next time you're reading through the letters, uh, mark how many times the apostles would write, knowing this. Or knowing the time. There are things that we should not be ignorant concerning this walk with God. There are some things that once we come to him and we have spent a little time walking this walk, bearing this cross, following Jesus. There are some things that we need to know. And when you know something, you can trust it. When you know something, you can lean on it. When you know something, it will get you through. You know, when you know this is what happens, you just, you, then you can take it, you can bear it. And see, that's the thing that we need to start uh, realizing is that we need to start reading all the scriptures that are just about the signs, wonders, and miracles. And you need to study what happens to us when we serve God. Am I going to ever have any trouble or trial? Yes, you will. Am I ever going to be in a storm? You sure are. Am I going to ever suffer a loss or heartbreak? Absolutely. Because you don't stop living in this world. You don't stop being human. But you now are a child of the king. You're a child of God. And there is a reward waiting for us. And we know, we know this, that the trying of our faith works patience. Well, what good is that? Let it have a perfect work. So you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The reason I can count it joy is because I know this is not just about suffering. This is about my purpose. This is about what God has called me to. God didn't just call me to, to suffer, but the servant is not greater than his master. And if Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, you can believe if he, if he went through the things and, and, and through the things that we suffer, we're going to go through the things that he suffered. We're going to suffer with him. And so I can count it all joy when it comes my way because I know that this is not just about me suffering, but God is working something out for my good. That patience, I'm, I'm going to have some patience, and patience will have her perfect work. And we're going to see the patience of Paul and Silas here in just a moment because we read this story, and, man, we love we preach about it, we sing about it, Holy Ghost earthquakes, chains and shackles falling off, prison doors flying open. We, we preach about praise Him in, in your darkest hour. Never lose your song. Miracles, power, deliverance. But after the singing, after the praise, after the miraculous shaking, the loosing of chains, there needs to be salvation. If there's anything this story teaches me, that God did not just call us to a room of signs and wonders and miracles and nobody getting saved. That there's, because the gospel isn't just about signs, wonders, and miracles. These signs will follow them that believe. But we're supposed to be preaching the gospel to every creature. And we don't substitute signs, wonders, and miracles for the preaching. Oh, we really had a good Holy Ghost move. Did you preach? Well, no, I didn't preach. Did anybody get baptized? No, they didn't. Did anybody get the Holy Ghost? No, they didn't. Did you even mention the gospel? Or did you just run around the room, sweating through your suit, rolling across the floor, shaking people in the altar? I mean, there's going to be shaking. 
There's going to be signs and wonders and miracles and deliverance. But at the end of all of it, when the service is over with, what happened? Was anybody's life changed? Did you just get tired? Or did you get something from the Lord? And so after all these things, we need to, to figure out what's going on. They, they were, once they were set free, they were free to help somebody else. The miraculous happens all in the Bible, but every time you see somebody's life is changed because of, because of it. The ark and the flood, salvation. Noah and his family were saved. The parting of the Red Sea. Oh, that's incredible. Man, I'd love to have seen that. But it wasn't just so they could see the bottom of the sea. It was so they could escape and they could be delivered and set free from their bondage. It was, it was a purpose in that. Uh, the David and Goliath. David uh, delivered Israel that day by taking that giant out. Incredible feat. But it wasn't just so they could say, wow, what a fight. It was so they could be delivered from their enemies. The fiery furnace where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ended up. Nobody wants to go into the fire, but there they were. And in that day, people realized there is no God but their God. And then Daniel in the den of lions, same thing. He goes into a place where he should have been destroyed, but he was not destroyed. And it wasn't just so they could say, hey, uh, look at that. That's, an, that's a pretty cool miracle. But it was so they could know that no God can deliver like Daniel's God. And then even manna in the wilderness, miraculous bread from heaven. But it wasn't just so they could make bread and, and, and uh, that, it was so God could see, will they listen to me? Will they follow my word? And it was so they could be fed, saved from starvation in the wilderness. And in this place, in this story, the most miraculous miracle that happened that night was not the earthquake. And it was not the chains falling off their hands or the door swinging open by themselves. That's not, that's, that's pretty neat. I would be, I'd, I'd be pretty excited if I was sitting there with chains on my wrist and they dropped off and the door slung open. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. But what did that do? What did it do? The most amazing part of this passage of scripture is that someone got saved. A man who was ready to end his life. The jailer was ready to kill himself. He was pulling his sword out to end his life. He found himself in a place. He's like, that's it. They'll, I'm sure they're gone. I'm going to lose. They're going to they're gonna kill me, so I'm just going to go ahead and take care of it because I let the prisoners go. So, but, you know, he needed an answer for him for himself and for his household. He needed something to save his life that day. And, uh, and, they, and he, had, he got something. He got two men that were there simply because they were preaching the gospel. But they were where God needed them. They had busted lips and black eyes and stripes on their backs. But they were where God needed them. And a man that was ready to end his life, it says in verse 34, is now rejoicing because him and his household are now saved. His life and his family's lives would never be the same. And this only happened because two men were where God needed them to be. Again, they did not go to jail for preaching. They went so they could keep preaching. They were beaten, chained, imprisoned. But that was where God needed them. This man, the jailer, needed. He needed someone to save him.
to preach the life-changing gospel to him and his family. And he was not a disciple. He was not a churchgoer. He was locking them up. So God had to get somebody on the inside. He needed somebody, and God made a way for them to get there. And so uh, why does it have to be this way? Why did it have to be so hard? Why? It, listen, sometimes there are things that we go through. The Bible says we must endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And there are some times that we're going to go through some hard things, but God has made us able to do that. We can stand. We can stand the heat. We can stand the cold. We can stand the wind. We can stand the storm. We can stand any part of it because God has given us that ability. And so uh, we must realize that the message and the mission and the calling of God is more important than our comfort. It's not that God just wants to make us miserable. Again, it's not just about suffering, but it's about our calling. It's about the purpose that God has placed on our life. And sometimes uh, we don't realize uh, uh, why we're going through these things, but God's got a reason. And we simply need to make sure that we are always where God needs us. He called us and put us in a body. He set us in a place uh, and, and fit us together so we could work together with him. We need to be where God needs us. We don't need to just be where we want to be. We need to be where God wants us to be. Listen, where we're needed isn't always, you know, fairy tale land. It isn't always just, you know, sunshine and and blue skies and, and no trouble. No, just birds singing and nothing going on. No trouble, just smooth seas. Everything's great. Sometimes it's going to be the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes you'll be in an ark in the midst of a worldwide flood. Sometimes it's a fiery furnace or that den of lions. Sometimes you're facing down the giant. Sometimes you're going to be in a pit like some men were where no water was. You're going to be in places that you don't want to be. But it is where God needs you. And that's why uh, Jesus told us, if you're going to be my disciple, count the cost. You need to count the cost of what it means to follow him. Uh, in Luke 14, 28, he said, Which of you intending to build a tower sits down not first and counts the cost, whether he will have sufficient to finish it? We need to count the cost so we don't get weary or disillusioned in our minds and quit in the middle of the race. You need to know, as James said, know some things about serving God so that you're not uh, confused or thinking, Hey, I must be doing something wrong when trouble comes your way. I've told you this story in my testimony the night that I came to the Lord when I got baptized in Jesus' name. And I was, you know, uh, man, never had even been in, really in church, had gone to church some as a younger person, but never just in church, you know. And, and so this was all new to me. But, man, I felt so great uh, baptized in his name, man, with my hair still soaking wet, people telling me, praise the Lord and welcome to the family and just hugging my neck. And then this one guy just came up and got just, I mean, he was a close talker. He got right up in my face, looked me right in the eye, and he said, think it not strange, the fiery trial that is to try you. And I was like, what in the world does that mean? And uh, But just the way he said it, I knew that this wasn't just some guy that was being crazy. I thought, this guy's trying to tell me something. And I went home and got a Bible, and I, I looked up that scripture, and then I sat down and started looking up every scripture that went along with that and uh, trials and tests and, and things like that. And, 
And I began to study on that and, and let God speak to me just early on. Really didn't even know what was happening, but the Holy Ghost was letting me know you're going to face some things in the next coming days and weeks, things that want to take you out. Just like when the Lord told Peter, said, you've got the keys now, but the devil wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to destroy you. And, and so God was trying to let me know, arm yourself. Read what it says so that you know uh, you're, you're right. You've done what's right. You've obeyed. You're, you're right where I need you to be. But it's going to come hard. It's going to come against you. And you need to understand that it's not because you've done something wrong. It's because the enemy hates what you're doing now. Oh, and when the enemy hates it and he thinks he's locked you up and got you done, the Lord said, let me open the door so they can preach. And God will make a way with your testimony. Whatever you're going through, you may feel like you've been locked up in a prison, but God's able to open that door. And you can tell somebody how God got you out of that addiction and he got you out of that mess and got you out of that trouble and got you out of that depression or that relationship or whatever it is. And, and you'll realize that's the reason I was there all along. I wasn't there just so I could suffer. But I was there and God was building my testimony. God was giving me something so I could help somebody else down the road. So I could keep doing what God called me to do. There are many places that we find ourselves on our walk with God that we think I shouldn't be here. But it's exactly where we should be. Because that's what God wants for our life. Paul had a grasp on that. And in the book of Acts he was... Uh, he was talking about, uh, he was fixing to go up to Jerusalem, and he had told the ones he was with, he said, I know that I will not see your faces anymore, and, and I'm, I'm going up to, and I will probably die. And boy, they were sad, and they were weeping and crying. And, and Paul said in Acts 21, he said, then Paul said, why are you crying, weeping, and trying to break my heart? I'm ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And we must be ready and realize that our steps are ordered of the Lord. We've got to remember that God is looking at what we're doing. And when we walk in those steps, then we will be where he needs us to be. And there are two scriptures that when I put them together, they help me when I wonder, Lord, why am I here? What am I doing right here? And that is Psalm 37 and 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So I know that wherever I am, God has sent me there. Sometimes God will send you, and you might not want to go. But if you try not to go, you might find yourself in the, in the belly of a great fish. <laughs> well, or you could just say, as, Job's, or as Jonah said, in the depths of hell. Friend, ain't no more person ever been more miserable than the person that, that bypasses uh, the will of God in their life, trying to run from God and not do and not go where God said to go and not preach what God said to preach. You want to get miserable? Just do that. Just ignore what God told you to do, and you'll find out how miserable you can be real quick. But Job said this in Job 23 and 10, But he knows the way that I take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. These are some things that we should know. That our steps are ordered by God and that he knows the way that I take. And when we find ourselves in places that are unpleasant, uh, uh, they might be unpleasant, but they're not unknown. Because God knows exactly where you are. He ordered it and he knows. And that's what helps me to stop going, Lord, why am I here? To start trying to focus on why I am here. Let me see why I am here. 
I need to know what you want me to do here. Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to say? What are you trying to do in me? What's going on? There's a reason that I am here. Our purpose of our calling is not diminished or done because of these places of being tried. But it is there that we will glorify God as we walk in our ordered steps. We're going to be tried. We're going to be tested. Things are going to happen in our life. And we say, I don't want to be here. Well, you think Paul and Silas wanted to be there? I know Joseph didn't want to be where he was. He said, man, when you get out of here, he told that butler, he said, when you get out of here, remember me and get me out of this prison. We don't want to be there sometimes, but I've learned to ask myself this question. Do I want to be where I want to be? Or do I want to be where God needs me to be? Guess what? It can be both. When you love God and trust him, you will want to be where he needs you. So the place that you want to be is the place that he needs you. That's where I want to be, God, wherever you need me. Where you lead me, I will follow. That's where I want to be. That is what makes it possible. That's what makes it bearable, and that makes it even embraceable, that I can just hold on to God in the midst of these fiery furnaces, in the midst of these uh, den of lions or, or these pits or in, during persecution, I can still hold on to God. Hebrews 12 and 2 tells us, look unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And listen, here's, here's this joy. Who for the joy, James said, count it all joy, knowing this. There was something that Jesus knew. With every blow of the whip, he knew, I'm going to save the world. With every punch in the face, with every kick that he got, with the nails that were driven in his hand, he knew, I am simply fulfilling a purpose here. It's not just about me suffering, but it's about the purpose that I have in this world, that I am the Lamb of God that's taken away the sin of the world. And, and says, so for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, he prayed, not my will, but thy will be done. Oh, a lot of times oh, we just pray, Lord, uh, let this cup pass. And that's it. You just, you just take it, Lord. But we need to start praying, Lord, it's not my will but your will be done. Jesus could embrace the cross because it was what God wanted and it was where he needed to be. Jesus said, to this end, I was born. This was, there was a purpose in this all along. So the suffering that he endured between his birth and his death did not do away with why he was there. And whatever you go through between the time of you, your new birth and the time you leave this earth... It's not meant to cause you to fail God or to fall off or to quit serving God. It's part of your testimony. Friend, we're proving what God can do when we trust Him. That we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil. 
That we can sit down at a table prepared in the presence of my enemies. That our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. That I will finish what God started. I will do what God called me to do. Nothing's going to stop me. I just need to be where God needs me to be. Just think if Paul and Silas, had, when those doors flew open, if they'd have took off running. The jailer would have killed himself. He would have died lost without God. They didn't run because they knew that they were right where God needed them to be. They didn't arrange a jail break with nobody. They didn't have Peter come by with some dynamite blowing up the foundation of the prison. It wasn't nobody snuck in with a key to open the doors. They knew this has got to be what God wanted all along. Sometimes when things start shaking, quit thinking it's the enemy. And maybe it's God shaking things up so some doors can open. So you can tell somebody about Jesus. Because if God has done anything for us or if he wants anything out of us, it's that we will just keep telling people about him. And sometimes he may have to put us in a place, and it might be a hard road getting there. But he don't worry. God always makes a way of escape so we're able to bear it. And God wants you and I to be a witness and to have a testimony and to share that with somebody. So when the doors fling open, you ain't got to run. Because God is opening it up to show you. He's, he's opening the door so somebody could come in and say, what must I do? To be saved. How come you're not running? How come you hadn't already got out? How come you're still here? What is it that you've got that keeps you going? When I see the, the bloody mess that you are. And I know where you're at. And I know why you're here. And people will see that in your life. I know what you're going through. Why are you still smiling? I know what you're going through. Why are you still praising God? Because... That's what God called me to do. And I need to be where God needs me to be. That's why uh, just because we get a little sideways, we don't, we don't lay out a church. It's where God needs you. Come on, somebody. We don't walk away and throw up our hands and abandon our posts simply because we made a mistake or had a bad day. We're supposed to be where God needs us because God put us there. And we need to remember and know some things. Romans 8 and 28. And we know. Here it is again. And we know there are simply so many things that we have forgotten or never learned. That's got to be why people walk away. Because they forgot or they never learned. They, they never learned that God was going to come through. They never learned that God was going to make a way. They never or they just gotten so full of themselves they forgot that they've got a God. But he said, and we know that all things, good, bad, and ugly, work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Oh, there's purpose. There's going to be some suffering, but there's purpose. And wherever you find yourself, it's on purpose. And no matter how bad it is, it has purpose. And you were called to and for purpose. And God is not going to let the enemy wipe out your purpose. We abandon it. But the enemy can't take it from you. 
He didn't call you to preach. He can't take it away from you. He didn't give you that ministry. He can't take it from you. Come on, somebody. Oh, there's, there's some today you feel like, oh, I'm sitting in a place where I don't like. I'm going through some things that I don't like, but God is working all things for your good. All things work together for good. It's what you're going through. Did that take away your new birth? Just do a little self-test. It's what I'm going through. Did that make me not love God? It's what I'm going through. Did it take the Holy Ghost from me? Hmm? Has God sent you a, a certified letter by Gabriel that, hey, you, ain't, you don't belong to the body no more? <laughs> I don't think so. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And God has called us, uh, God's called us to victory. God's called us to a place. God's called us to be prosperous and to, to be blessed. And God has called us to be above only and not beneath. God has called us to defeat the enemy. But God has called us to work in the fields, the harvest fields. He's called us to reach people and to preach the gospel. And you need to remember that wherever you are is where God needs you. It's on purpose. It has purpose. You were called to and for purpose. In Acts chapter 23, the Lord spoke to Paul and said, You're going to testify of me in Rome just like you did in Jerusalem. Well, between the Lord telling him that, Paul finds himself uh, in chains. He finds himself on a ship. He finds himself in a terrible storm. Then he finds himself on a sinking ship. And now they're ready to kill all the prisoners because the ship is sinking. But Paul gets another message from the Lord. Be of good cheer. No man's going to lose their life, but the ship's going to go down. In uh, Acts 28, they end up cast on a certain island. When they get to the island... Uh, Paul is snake bit while he's trying to throw wood on the fire. All this trouble, all this stuff that Paul went through. Why? Why do we have to? Why can't we just go from Jerusalem to Rome? Why can't we just beeline it to Rome and just get there? And let me do what I got to do. Because somebody on the island, Paul, needs a miracle. There's the chief of the village there, he was sick. Uh, and uh, Paul went in and laid hands on him and he was healed. And they preached the gospel of Jesus on that certain island. It wasn't a place that they wanted to be, but it was a place where they were needed to be. Paul, I need you. I need to make a stop on the way to Rome. So I'm going to have to take this ship out from under you. Don't worry. You'll still get there because even though the ship is broken up, the promise is still whole. And you're going to get to Rome. <laughs> oh, what you're sailing in might be broken up, but the promise is still whole. God's word don't change. It never changes. And, and so it might be a scary storm. <laughs> oh, but it's where God needs you to be. It's where God needs you. And you learn that if this is where God needs me, this is where I want to be. This is what I want to do. Philippians 4, verse 11 says, Paul said, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Now I know some things. If whatsoever state I am, there would to be content. Good gracious alive, if we could learn that early. It makes it a lot easier living for God. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Well, we, we love verse 13, and, it, and that verse gets singled out. And it's just as true as it ever was. But if we would understand why Paul said that, you, 
got to look ahead, uh, behind it a little bit and realize I know how to be high. I know how to be low. I know how to be trouble. I know how to be good. I, I, I know how to be hungry. I know how to be. I know what it's like. But I am content in whatever state I'm in because I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I know that I'm going to make it. This is not going to take me out in whatsoever state I am. I'm content. God has called me. Nothing changes the fact. No trouble changes the fact that you have had an encounter with the mighty God. Nothing changes the fact that the spirit of the living God dwells inside of you. When you go through the hardest thing of your life, you are still the temple of the Holy Ghost. You still have that treasure in that earthen vessel. It's still there. And you have had this interaction with the creator of all things. Nothing can change that. So no matter where I am, it's where God needs me to be. And for now, I can do it. I'm not going to give up. I mentioned Joseph earlier. You know the story of Joseph. He was given dreams as a child. His dreams were that his brothers and his parents would bow down to him one day well that upset his family because he was the the youngest and uh, they knew that their father his brothers they they knew that their dad loved him more than any of them but I tell you what these dreams never did show him they never did show him the pit the persecution or the prison but to get to Pharaoh he had to be a prisoner and he was going to have to get to Pharaoh if he was going to do what God needed him to do. All these things, these hard things, being betrayed by his brothers, being thrown in that pit, persecuted and lied on, being cast into prison, they all led to his position, his power, provision, and promise. He was where God needed him to be. He suffered, but now he was in a position to feed his family during the Great Famine. He told his brothers, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good to save much people alive. Oh, they came and apologized to him after their father died because they thought he would surely get them back after their father died. And he said, you didn't put me here. He said, God sent me here. But it was us that threw you in the hole. You think God, if, if, if you could have done that if God didn't allow it? God allowed you to do that because I needed to be here. And so instead of ever trying to escape, he never tried to run. He never tried to get out. He just kept his head down, kept faithful to God. God blessed him in the prison. God blessed him while he was a servant in Potiphar's house. He just took care of him. And then he became the second in command over Egypt. The only one greater in the throne than Joseph was Pharaoh. And he saved much people alive. After all the miracles, it was still about who got saved. Did you save anybody? So Paul said in Romans 5 and 3, Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not a shame. You can come to the music, darling. Paul knew what it was like when you read the things that he went through, things that he suffered Places that he was, he would just say, I'm here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
He stood before kings and great men and uh, went into synagogues and different places. He was persecuted by his own people. He was beaten and left for dead, stoned and left for dead, beaten with stripes, shipwrecked. But every time he said, I was where God needed me to be. If there's anything I, I know in this world, I want to be where God wants me to be. Because I, I believe that God, just as James said, He wants to do a perfect work in our lives. Let's stand together. We never really understand it first. You know, it's, I get it. Sometimes it's just, if we're not careful, the, the trial is so rough that all we see is the trial. Thing that we're going through is, is so intense that that's all we see, that's all we feel. That's why he said, knowing this, knowing these things, you got to remember that if God be for you, who can be against you? So we never really understand at first why we went through the trial, the tests, the temptations. It's when we look back and see what God has done that we realize that. It was simply because we were where God needed us at that time. You know, there's a lot of things, hard things that even as a pastor we've endured in our life. Well, why? But God's got a, you know, you got no testimony if you never have any trouble. I mean, if, if, if you didn't need to be, if you didn't need saving, you got no testimony. Sometimes, you know, God says you're an overcomer by the word of your testimony you, every time he did something with his people he said I'm showing the world what I can do that's what he did with Daniel Daniel was promoted after he came out of the den of lions Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego promoted after they came out of the den of lions every time God did these miracles it was always to the benefit of his people and he got the glory God's going to get the glory for what you're going through because you're going to stand and you're going to help somebody. Somebody's going to be saved by your testimony because that is the nature of the testimony. It is meant to change somebody else's life. It's not just about what happened to you. It's about what can happen to somebody else. That's why you don't keep your testimony to yourself. Tell someone what God did so they can say, I need that. I struggle with that too. And you're telling me God did that for you? Absolutely. Well, then tell me about it. And now the door is wide open and somebody's coming in. And you can sit there and tell them this is what God can do. Be where God needs you to be. That's how we reach the world. Amen. Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we love you so much and thank you that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And Lord, now we just pray that we'll have boldness to give our testimony, to preach the gospel wherever you might lead us. Lord, that we'll be where you need us to be. Even when it seems like the hardest place, it seems like this can't be right, God. We, we trust that all things work together for our good. Lord, we believe you're going to get the glory. We love you. We praise you. We give you all glory and honor today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Clap your hands to the Lord this morning. God's good.